Howdy gang, thank you for tuning in to the Back Country and Barbells podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the Send a Vet Foundation. Guys, give them a holler. Head on over to sendavet.org. That's send-a-vet.org. Hang out over that Ways to Donate button if you want to make a financial contribution. If not, there's other ways to help. Um, the mission over at Send a Vet is to really assist uh, our nation's combat warriors. Um whatever they're managing post-deployment. Um, we're doing it of it through wilderness experiences. Learn more by checking out their website. And also, guys, PR Lifting Quality Fitness Gear here in the Pacific Northwest. All about the local, okay? We're here to serve the Pacific Northwest, and that's what they want to do, guys. I know living between Everett and Portland, I've been the beneficiary of some of their local accommodations. So head on over to prlifting.com and um, you will find great gear to start your home gym. And if you want to figure out how to use or even maybe you have an issue starting a home gym, um, we have some recommendations over at the Backcountry and Barbells website. You can scroll down on the homepage and you can get access to our free base camp program that gives you some tips on starting a home gym it gives you tips on how to train um, in your home gym so check that out guys and um, we'd appreciate you uh, telling your friends about the show telling your hunting partners what we're doing and you guys tell us what you think of what's going on we really want this to be a great product so you can re- reach out to us on any of those contact pages today's show is a special one we have Trent Fisher um, from the born and raised outdoors crew so we talk all things hunting and life and um, again, uh, he's a great guy to to get to to talk to, and their platform guys, whether it's on YouTube or their new podcast, um, or or their old DVDs, um, you're sure to be entertained, you're sure to learn something, and um, hopefully we can do that today. In the meantime, guys, remember attack your day, and, and remember to train, hunt, and live. Thank you very much. Uh, today is uh, today. We have a great guest, uh, Trent Fisher of the Born and Raised Outdoor Crew. Trent, what's going on, man? Not too much. Not too much. Just here, the sun's starting to come up, and and uh, yeah, it's going to be a great day, hopefully. And uh, Jeremy, uh, I, I'm going to throw Trent the curveball today. If that oh, at the top true. of the show, I'm off the hook. Can, can we do this? Um, yeah, we all have kids in the show, right? We we got little critters that we all are training up to be uh, to be great people, right? absolutely absolutely so um i'm watching my son the other day he had his it's 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 an interesting topic my son had his first chance at the urinal in the public potty oh nice nice now i'm going somewhere important with this because as i'm watching him (laughs) he's fiddling around and i'm like and i'm just wondering i'm like is he gonna go over the fence or through the gate and what he ended up doing was he pulled his zipper down and went over the gate so he did both so i was really confused because you know you're usually one or the other but he threw the curveball at me and he did them both so so (laughs) kids do the darndest things right and just when you think there's only two ways to do something he comes up with a third so um the point there is guys as you're in the woods taking care of your business uh are you guys under the gate through the gate i mean how do you how do you handle things <laughs> i go for the whole barn door just okay. open that thing up and just and let it rip well i think uh, i learned from the 
Well, it's like your son. I think I learned from the uh, let's see how far we can go. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let's see how far I can go over this ledge, right? The cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's pictures, and I'm, I'm shocked they haven't turned up yet, but of us with the school buses going by our street where I used to live when we were growing up, and me and Trevor on the front porch just, it's just. <laughs> bowed out as hard as we can to see how who can go further nice well, very well, good well and oh, yeah. then, even as you go big trent i'm talking about gates you're talking about barn doors so um barn. i don't <laughs> i don't i don't know if that says anything about 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 um about us in the room but um we're working it out just uh keeping things light here jeremy i know you with titus um and 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 you're a man who who utilizes your front porch for many things um <laughs> As that's going on, I mean, you're teaching your son the ins and outs of uh, of using the utilities he's been uh, blessed with? Oh, yeah, but here's the problem, though, is that we live out in the country, so <clears throat> he's used to just, like me, we always go outside. So when we go over to people's houses, he goes outside, and it took a little bit to teach him, hey, son, you can't just walk out the door and start leaking everywhere on people's property. You have to go in the toilet. So that's been the only real true challenge. All right. Well, kids are fun. We were actually, um, for Mother's Day, we were out at, um, you guys familiar with Franklin Falls out here by uh, Snoqualmie up here in Washington? Never. I've never heard of it. No. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's just a neat little hike. It's a two mile rounder. And um, my little girls are not afraid of anything, um, and including mid trail, um, popping a squat and just there you go. getting it done. So in a way, I'm proud of them. <laughs> Um, but in a way, I'm a little embarrassed by it. But I guess that's kids. It's kids in general. Uh, Trent, with with you, with your critters, I mean, you're, I mean, hunting has been um, it's a full time gig for you now in many aspects. Uh, aside from this kind of goofy chatter, I mean, there is a there's a lot of cool reasons to get kids outdoors. And at least from my perspective, in teaching middle schoolers, I think there's less and less parents doing that and, and introducing their kids to this style of living. Um, how important is that for you to just kind of pass this on to, to, to your own kids? No, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely at the forefront of, of my mind as a, as a father. Um, but I've always grown up with the, uh, and I was talking about my dad actually as well It's just hunting is it's, you know, hunting is a privilege to to uh, especially at the at the age that my kids are and stuff. And so, I mean, it's uh that room has got to be clean. You know, your homework's <laughs> got to be done. It's not like, hey, drop everything and uh, forget about life because we're going hunting. You know, and I think a lot of people can get that way. And and um, I, I think that's a dangerous road to go down <laughs> as far yeah, as that goes. But but hunting is a privilege for us. And and just like the other day, I'll be totally honest. Last week, um, I was going on a bear hunt in the evening here and uh, taking a Sage Davis, a good friend of mine from Chasing Moby. He has a he has a YouTube program. But um, anyway, and, and Wyatt, my son, I said, is your room clean? And I went up there and it was not even close to being clean. And I said, I'm sorry, you cannot go. You just can't go with us. And and um, and the fit, you know, the the uh, the tan temper tantrum ensued, you know, after that. But at the same time, as a parent, I think you have to lay ground rules, and I think it's just important that you look at it as it's it's it is a privilege that we get to do the things that we do in the country that we get to do them in. And so, and uh, I just you know, I just don't want to go down a bad road as far as that goes. And so uh, that's kind of the the teaching that I that the mentality that I that I have with my kids. 
Well, and I respect that because it is really hard to tell your kid no, especially when it comes to something that you're passionate about and you have to say, you know, this is good quality time and you have to say, nope, you didn't do what you were supposed to do, so now you have to stay home. And then you have to walk out that door without your son or your daughter and then, man, that's that's the hardest part. But I respect you oh, man, I, sticking yeah. to your guns. When you turn the first corner past the house, you wipe that tear, you know, from your <laughs> eye because – you want it, you know, you want them there, but at the same time, you still have to have standards and you still have to have rules. So it's a tough part. Of, it's a tough part of parenting, I would say, definitely. Well, and, I think- well, and that's what we're lacking in this society anymore is people actually following through, making their kids accountable, you know, and, and just sticking with what they say. I would 100%, 100% agree with you. Well, what ends up breeding or coming out of those things is, um, you know, entitlement, right? And entitlement's an, an interesting thing when you – you come across it um, in somebody, and and it's just it's not a um, for me at least it's not an endearing personality uh, trait that I look for in folks. So for me, I think the biggest nightmare of my life would probably be or like hell on earth for me would be to raise my children to people that I don't like, right? So yeah. so, so in that regard, when I see them doing some things that honestly I don't like, I'll I'll I'll, I'll work through it and. Um, you know, and, and what Jeremy just said too, you can surprise a lot of people just by including your kids and your family just by doing the things you say you're going to do. So, you know, by setting those boundaries that, you know, you do this and then we'll do that um, as soon as you start to waver on some of those things. But man, it, it's tough. It's it's tough to challenge the kids and it's tough to, it's tough to discipline them. Um, so there's, yeah, no, I was going to say you, you, you missed out on the bear hunt with your son. So how about, uh, Tell us, tell us a story uh, about a, a hunt that did go through with, with your kiddos and, and some, something positive came out of it. It's, it's crazy when you have kids, you kind of forget about everything as far as yourself, right? I think, I think that's my funnest hunts have been when my son shot his first buck or his second, you know, uh, and even though it was a little spike by fork and horn i mean the barelyest legalist thing in the world it, it it could have been you know you would have thought it was the world record you know so i mean it's it's uh it's it's one of those things where it's so cool to be able to live a little bit through them and and to see the passion in their eyes and and to get that emotion into it again because i mean it it like I said, it doesn't matter the size of it. It's just being out there with them and, and being able to experience things that you've seen a thousand times, but they're seeing it for the for the first time or something. And it's just, man, it's it's such a blessing to be able to do that and um, to see the to see their eyes light up, you know, like like your like ours should every single time, you know. So, what do you think that is where we take? we take it for granted. I mean, because we, we know mother nature and, and these critters are, they're, they're all inspiring, but like we just, you end up, I mean, it's a, it's again, we talk about poor traits you don't want to see in folks. And I think we're all guilty of it. You, you, you take advantage of it. And even if, even if you do get into hunting, I guess with this idea of filling the freezer and punching <clears throat> tags, I think we're all guilty of, Oh, I'd, I'd like to get a bigger one or I'd, I want to go up the bigger mountain or I want to try this spot. And rather than just kind of, being comfortable in our own skin and our own experiences. I mean, it, it's it's an interesting thing us humans do. We, we find multiple ways to complicate things. I would totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. And, and it's just like um, a buddy of mine, actually, he, his daughter. So we have youth tags here in, in Oregon. And honestly, the youth tags, the youth tags, you can kill a bigger buck than I've ever 
you know, even laid eyes on, honestly, just with the tags. You get to hunt the rut. You get to hunt, um, you know, prime spots where there is big animals. And and uh, he took his daughter out, and uh, she drew the tag. And it's once in a lifetime, obviously, kind of thing. And and she saw this little three point, and there's these giants running around. I'm talking like you know, huge deer, uh, mule deer. And uh, anyway, and she wanted to shoot that buck. That's what she wanted. And <laughs> it was like. Honey, uh, you know, how about that one right over there? You know, and she's just like, I like that one. I, cause she liked the way it's the way it's horn configuration. That is awesome. And kids are so funny. And, and she shot that buck. And I mean, she could have killed anything, obviously. And and it was one of those things where it's just like as parents, I think it's so hard to step away and just be like, OK, I'm not hunting for me. I'm hunting for, you know, for you and for the experience and understanding that. And um, anyway, and she was tickled. She was tickled pink with it. You know, it was awesome. And it, it's just one of those things where it's, 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 it's that step stepping back, I think, sometimes and just kind of looking at it from a from a point of view of what what's in their eyes. What did they want out of this and not forcing it on them is uh, I think is a big thing for us to do, because I think it, you can push the especially in stuff, you know, we're on YouTube all the time and we're making hunting videos all the time. And, and it's easy. You have to check yourself a lot because you can lose that retrospection of, okay, what's important to them? What, what in their eyes is a trophy or what in their eyes is the best experience with their dad or mom or however? Yeah, I 100% agree. I, you know, I've kind of already shared this story before, but with my oldest son, he's 21 and when he was younger, I had no mentors, so I didn't start hunting until I was 21. So when he was, I don't know, five, I think, he went on my first elk hunt, and I was just way too serious, right? I was like, hey, quit breaking branches. Oh, no, no, quit talking. You know, I was just, I did not make it fun for him, and he he never really ever wanted to hunt. He wanted to, he loved chucker hunting, but he, big game hunting, he, he didn't want to have anything to do with it. And then this year he came on a big game hunt with uh, Joe and I, which was, was pretty awesome. But to your point, you can push him away. And so I lost some great quality time that I could have had with my son out in the woods. But, you know, we, we made it up in other areas and sports and stuff like that. But Well, let me, um, let me ask you both this question because we're having a debate in my house currently because I've I talked to Jeremy about this on our turkey hunt, but I've devised this idea that before my kiddos get their license, um, I'm telling them that I'm telling the wife that they have to pass hunter safety and Mm -hmm. they have to go on a a one last weekend solo hunt just with dad. So my thought is like before they get independent, before they, you know, start being their own people, they got to have one last weekend with pop and you know, it could, I want it to be their choice, but no matter what, they got to do at least one with me. I mean, do, do you think that that's too far off? Do you, I mean, I think it's a great idea, but my wife looks at me and turns eyebrows a little bit. I don't know if they're going to like to do that, but to me it's not necessarily about them hunting. It's about them spending a last moment with Dad before they sure. start to spread their wings and stuff. How, how do you guys feel about something like that? I think it's awesome. I, I yeah. really do. I, I think it's stuff like that I think starts traditions. 
Yeah, and there's a bunch, you know, on down the line of stuff that you know you do well because that's a tradition. That's what, and they might do it with their kids, you know, and and so on and so forth. And I think I think it's a great idea, honestly, not just for the last safety action, you know, the whole okay, son, you do this when you <laughs> yeah. do this, and you know what I mean. But but just for the just for the togetherness and um, the family aspect of it, uh, I think it's a great idea. All right. Well, I'll yeah, tell my too. I'll tell my wife that Trent said we should do it. And work it out. <laughs> oh, you're in now, buddy. You got the, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about got that. The green light. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Well, and again, just to stay on this point with kids, it's just you know, even coming into to hunting a little bit later in life in my 30s, it's been interesting to to be able to come at it with a perspective where. You know, even okay, I notched my first tag last weekend and, and got a turkey down, and that was cool. And awesome for you know, I, Jeremy saw me. I wanted to keep the talons. I have the beard. I'm trying right now to preserve the wings. Like, and I brought all this stuff home with like a bit of a, a childish mentality. And um, and partly what what you said, Trent, was neat. Where my kids were interested in it, and all of a sudden, as I'm breaking the turkey down in the kitchen, it, it went from "ooh, that's gross" to "oh, wow, what is that?" Right? So, um, it, it it is cool this natural curiosity that they can keep into us, and um, you know, it just um, you know, it's fun to watch, and I'm I'm hoping to continue to do it. Um, but uh, well, fired yeah. up, man. Absolutely, yeah. No, I absolutely. I just I guess my advice would be to remember that, remember those times, because yeah. I mean, I remember the times just bringing home an elk or something and the kids touching the nose, you know, or whatever, you know, you know how it is, touching the eyeball or something and just actually getting, and now the kids are at the table helping, you know, helping cut them up and wrap them and everything like that. But just remember. That's so awesome. Yeah. But just, just remember those moments. They're pretty special. Yeah. And this might be a weird connection I'm making, but I'm like. Same thing with like before you can drive a car, you should know where meat comes from. Like literally, I don't know if I don't know how I get there, but <laughs> like I, th- I think that's <laughs> yeah, important. No, I, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. No, I, I I do. Well, kids, kids and hunting. Um, we 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 got into that for a while, but uh, again, the last point there is like I would also say to round out the conversation, it's like maybe hunt with the kids instead of trying to do it in spite them in spite of them because even now I'll still be at elk camps and I I haven't seen a lot of kids at them and the other thing is you know you still see most men who hunt I think try to use it as an escape from the family and a way to get out and you know be with the guys rather than bringing the kids along so even even in that regard Trent um any the, do you, that's a distinction that, that as you know, we sit here and have this conversation where we know, and I don't think anyone would disagree. Yeah, it's great to have kids in the woods, but, um, still making that, um, making that commitment to actually doing it, I think is a yeah, little different. A, I think that's a huge difference. And I think, I think you have to listen to each and every kid. Um, it, it's different in that aspect of just like this winter time, I uh, took both my kids. We made a video about it and and uh, steelhead fishing. Just me and both the kids and took the boat out and, and started fishing. Both the kids caught their own first, or they've already, Wyatt's already caught steelhead. But sis, my daughter, Hudson, she caught her first, two first steelhead on her own, all by herself. 
And I was, I, I kind of got into this spot on the river where it was just like, I mean, I could have just, we could have caught, I think, you know, six or seven or eight of them. And that's what I wanted to do. Right. And, uh, <laughs> talking to my daughter after the second one, she was exhausted from fighting it and everything. And I'm just, you know, I'm almost having more fun at that point than she is. And, um, and anyway, and I had to check myself cause it was just like, okay, we're going to go back. I mean, I got into fish mode, you know, and, and she's just like, dad, I'm about done you know I'm about finished I'm thinking I know there's a pile of fish laying right there and I know we could catch them and you know as a father and as a parent and as, as a hopeful mentor you're like you know I need to check myself here and just say you know what she's had a great day she's had the you know a, a blast I've had a blast um, tenfold and so I said okay we'll head down the river so we tucked it up and went down the river and I mean the whole fishing trip was probably maybe two and a half hours, three hours most, the whole fishing trip. But it was one of those things where I think you got to listen to the kid at the same time. You don't want to push him too hard. You don't want to say, well, you got to do this, you know, because this is what I want to do. And and I think that's a difficult thing, especially when you get into maybe a target-rich environment or something, you know, that's just amazing uh, in the woods and being like, oh, we got to maximize our time here to – to do this or to, you know, to, to take these animals cause we have a premium tag or, or whatever. I, I think it's uh, I think it's important. You have to listen to the kids and, uh, and your kids will tell you, you know, they're, they're, they're not, they're not bashful at that. That's for sure. No, so they're, <laughs> they're like, I'm done. You're what? Uh, yeah, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, there's no more Doritos under the hood of this boat, and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got like four more hours to float down this river, and I'm done. But, I mean, they'll tell you several times. <laughs> oh yeah. So we we went down the river and pulled over, and she threw rocks in the river, and you know, threw, and it was just like that was that was the coolest day, because you know I had to check my ego at the door and just listen to what you know what the kids wanted. So it was it was uh, it was pretty special. But but don't you think there should? And this is this is the dad in me, the coach in me, or maybe how I was brought up. But oh, with that in mind, yeah, you want to listen to him, but. But don't you think there should just be a little bit of pain in it for him? Just a little bit, like a little bit I of totally, discomfort. I, <laughs> I would totally agree. Um, like sports, I've coached yeah. uh, a lot of my sons, uh, baseball, from t-ball all the way to fast pitch. And and um, my whole thing was that is if you signed up for it, you're playing. I don't care. You can't quit. There's no quitting. You're going to feel like it. You're going to want to. You're going to even tell me I want to quit. You know, and it's like, no, you signed up for it. You're going to see it through. And um, I think for I think for activities like that, that's very important to make them is a strong word, but to definitely make them, um, you know, follow things out and follow things through. And um, but as a as a thing like it that it's my passion and I'm trying to get them into it. It's really tough for me to say you you have to do this because mm. it's it can it can trigger that light bulb where wow this isn't fun anymore. This is you know not something I want to do. So uh, yeah, th- that is a it's a great question and it's and it's tough. Uh, that's a tough one on both sides, I guess. Trent, that that was a great point though. That you can't force them to do what you're passionate about. Right. The baseball and everything, that was their decision. The hunting was, or fishing or whatever that outdoor activity is, is like, hey, you guys want to do this? Because this is what you I like to do, and I want to, you know, put um, bring you guys up doing the same thing. So that, that that's a great point. 
Well, I think the idea is, um, in general, and it, maybe it's just dosing stress appropriately, right? I mean, we're the the only you know what iron sharpens iron. All these things happen based on on just a, a stress response, and and what has to happen is probably just whatever the scenario. And, and I guess with kids and folks, they're they're all going to be a little bit different, but. You have to find that right mix of dosing the stress appropriately. If it's too little, it's too easy, and they get bored. And if it's too hard, you're going to run them off. So you yeah. got to you got to kind of walk that razor's edge in all you do. And and I guess that's where you find meaning in things, right? Where it's a little bit of hard, it's a little bit of fun, it's a little bit awe inspiring, right? So, um, uh, but that's kids, that's training, that's life. That that's you know, I guess that's how you know you're doing it right when you're a little bit of scared, but it's still fun at the end. So. I would totally agree. Yeah, a lot scared. Just hope you. <laughs> there's no book for that. I mean, yeah, there's a Bible, obviously, but there's there's just no correct way with every single kid that's going to work. Yeah. Well, cool. So, kind of shifting the gear a little bit, Trent. When you were a kid, did you envision that you were going to be this YouTube guy out there doing hunts and all this and um, creating a business out of it? Um. The answer to that would be no. I, honestly, I, I went through childhood and didn't know what I wanted to be. Uh, got in the fire science program, did that, did firefighting for uh, quite a few a few years, four years or five years. Uh, realized I didn't really want to do that. I was in the timber industry for like 18 years, uh, cutting timber. And then it. Um, I've always had a passion to inspire someone to do something that maybe they thought was a little bit outside their realm, maybe, or a little bit uncomfortable for them. And, and um, anyway, and I, we got into the hunting thing just because we wanted to make films about Roosevelt elk that nobody had made before. Um, and and that's honestly was was the gateway into what we're doing now. And and uh, Trevor, you know, I mean, the, I could go on for a long time, but Trevor, you know, bought a camera with his college with his uh, with his college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the money that they get? You know the the loan money, the his, college loan money. His, yeah, his stipends? His loan money. His, yeah, his, yeah, that's the, his living that's expenses. The <laughs> Supposed to be his living expenses. He's he still paying for that camera, then, ain't he? Correct. Yes. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> hey, still, still I think it was there. a good investment, though. Well, it, it kind of got us to go, and then and then we we added on Cody because uh, we knew we needed some help, and then we added on Ty at that time, and then Steve later on, so we could all. Um, really circle the wagons and have enough people when we went out to actually capture the moment. And, and but to answer your question, to you know, go full circle here. No, I didn't. I, I, I would not have ever said that back when I was uh, when I was younger at all, at all. Well, I, I think when folks fo- folks like myself new to this game um, will see where you're at now and not realize that it was a big process and a big journey, as I can imagine. Can you take us back to? after okay so we get the camera and we're getting it going but still a lot of folks can get the idea and just won't take that first step and and don't see that you know we have to execute something Uh, take us back to that first one where where y'all actually took the camera out and thought you were going to do it i mean it'd be cool to knowing where you are now it'd be cool to see your perspective on that that first time you actually tried to film a hunt yeah yeah it was um it was the year of 2007 is when we started and uh we had we had a camera and we're like we got this this is going to be the most epic stuff in the world you know ever ever captured by man woman or child and and so we get out there the first season 
And we had rules actually in place. We had things written on paper that said you could not, I mean, we wanted to do this right. We wanted to do this like we wanted to watch it. So we said, you know, we had the rules of you can't shoot uh, unless the uh, camera's rolling, you know, I mean, all these different things that were out there. And so we struck out to make this video, the season video, you know, and we didn't kill a thing until the last four days of season, to be honest with you. And we hunted almost, we hunted every evening and we hunted every single weekend. And because uh, we all had, nor- we all had jobs back then, regular nine to five jobs. So, so we we did that, and the last four days we were blessed um, with four elk all oh, the wow. Last four <laughs> days, it was just boom, 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 and it was just crazy how it all came together. And and then you know we got it right. We're it's, this is the greatest thing in the world, but we don't have a darn clue what to do with that tape that's in that camera. <laughs> and so <laughs> so that's when um, Cody actually actually really adopted some editing skills and just went in head over heels and um, and just started learning as much as he could on the editing side. And then we would go over to his house every single weekend and stay up all night, all day long, editing this thing out and going over what can we do and splicing the tape. And, and uh, yeah, and the, I mean, some of those files uh, we can't even get into because they were so jumbled up. We had no idea what we're doing, uh, so we can't even access that first video that we uh, that we made nowadays, just because the files are. I mean, we had no clue, but uh, but made a DVD out of it, and it was just like, yep, we made it, you know. And we went out to sell this DVD and sold I don't know how many copies, but not very many. None of us could quit our jobs. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, so. so what you're a, telling me is you guys were not an overnight success? Uh, no. <laughs> well, I, no. I, I did the slow math. It seems like 11 years because you guys just went – pretty much last year was like the big deal where you guys could kind of go full-time on this, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, we um, and that was a difficult thing. I mean, to fast forward till now, that was super, super difficult to just say, hey, you know, and – this was, I mean, I think YouTube's exploded a little bit like in the last year or so, but this was about two years ago when you, you know, you're going to your wife and you're like, honey, um, I'm going to go and I'm going to quit my job, quit the thing I've been doing for 18 years that supported our family. And you're what? And we're going, and, and honey, we're going to YouTube. <laughs> She's just, what? Uh, <laughs> I could tell you how that would fly at my home. Oh man! You know what? Yeah, actually, like, you know what my wife would say, Jeremy. She would say, "Joe, whatever makes you happy." That's that's been her go-to thing. So I think in that regard, she'd be scared to death, and she'd start doing some math. But uh, she she's she she's known enough about me to be like, she he's going to do it. So so I might as well just work it out. But um, uh, you know that. It's super. The YouTube thing, though, was that was that a big jump for you guys? I mean, because like you said, you you guys were trying to do DVDs, um, but but YouTube in general, I mean, that's that's a different go about. I mean, do hunters yeah, totally. even know what YouTube was at that time? At that time, honestly, kind of who paved that way a little bit was Hushin. Hushin, okay. uh, we were at ATA with them, which is the Archery Trade Association. This is kind of where we meet with sponsors and. We talk to them about the years, what's coming up, and um, then you negotiate, you know, hey, we're going to do this and this and this and this for you. And, you know, and so that, and that's how you get, you know, financially uh, compensated for 
for trying to do it full time, right? So we right. went to the we went to ATA, and um, honestly, we actually got promised, and this is just like word promised of you know we'll give you guys this much or this much from each company and we're like can we even afford to quit our jobs and to be honest looking back at it probably not but we we had you know we went we went for it all in and because mm. uh, we wanted to do this land of the free project is what we call it you know is what we ended up calling it and that that was our big uh, jump into the full-time gig but to answer your question no the honestly youtube to me up until two years ago was just funny cat videos yeah. you know uh, it, honestly that's what it was um yeah. to me and and since then i've obviously learned a lot more about the about the platform but it's um it's definitely changed i think a lot in the outdoors perspective um whether it be hunting or, or outdoor stuff in the last two years i think it's been a main go-to and and really kind of crushed uh tv and, and outdoor channel and and stuff like that just for the simple fact of you get media right now. I mean, you can, everything's right at your fingertip, right? You don't have to wait till 7, you know, PM at night on a Thursday to watch your show. You can, you can watch everything anytime you want. So it's really opened up a lot of doors for a lot of people, which is, which is really cool. Well, what I like about you guys is it seems like you're ahead of the game on stuff. I mean, you did the, uh, what was it? 50 days of hunting in the yeah. land of the free in the first go. And, I mean, I was at the so I watch you guys' videos when I work out, and like I was like, I can't wait to work out so I can see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, and then and then now as you see it, a lot of other guys in the hunting industry, bigger names, are kind of following that type of platform, which yeah. is um, pretty amazing. I mean, even to the point, and Trent, you and I had talked about this last week, is that even the music is similar to your guys's, and I was like, man, that's amazing that. Um, yeah, it's, you guys, it, it's pretty awesome that you're. Yeah, I will it. say it is difficult. It, oh, I'm sorry, I, I talked on you there. No, that's good. But go ahead. Yeah, no, it is. It is amazing. Just like after our first year that we did the day by day series, and um, anyway, and I wanted to stick with that. I did uh, 53 days straight of hunting, and uh, in five different states, and it was it was amazing. It was an adventure, a journey. It was uh, time away from family. It was a huge sacrifice that my family made, you know, for me to do that. For me, for it was for you know for us to kind of break out on the YouTube scene and and to try to really make a wave, and um, and and like you said, every single year we're trying to figure out okay, what's the next. What's the next thing that um, that's going to really resonate or make a splash or, or whatever you want to call it? Um, but but yeah, that's why we did 2.0, and then um, we've got great plans for uh, coming up this year. And that's a tough thing now is you know keeping things a little under wraps because everybody yeah. <laughs> does everybody does try to you know jump on the bandwagon, which is cool. I, I want to see everybody succeed there. I've never ever said, "Wow, you're a copycat" or anything like that. It's uh, we're all we're all in this together. Um, the tide raises all ships as we say. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I'd love to see people succeed, you know, after hard work. Well, you have that, uh, that abundance mentality, sir. And I think that that's, that's awesome to, that's awesome to see rather than trying to hoard your piece of cheese. Right. Um, you realize that there, there's a, there's a bunch out there for everybody. Right. Um, and I, I think it does raise it for everyone. I, I, about, about land of the free and, 
there are copycats, but you know, you you were the you're the first to get after it. Um, I've only been to one elk camp, and I'll tell you, um, it tore my body up. So my question is, how the heck did, did was there any thought before this happened that you know actually fifty days of elk hunting is gonna really tear me down a bit? I mean, uh, did did you prep up physically before it in, in the training aspect? Yeah, so. I worked in the woods. I was a timber faller before this. So, I mean, I was in pretty darn good shape, I would say. But to do something like that, I don't know. Physical shape, I think you can get into anything. I think you can – you can a body can do a ton of stuff physically. I really believe that. And um, But mental, it's, it's 100% a mental game at that point. And going into that hunt especially, I sat down with Trevor and Cody – at one point and that was their big concern is can can you do this and and i said i have to have the mentality of i can't quit i just have to keep going i mean it was you know a lot of 15 mile days at 10,000 feet you know i put on just over 500 and some odd miles Ooh. at that yeah at that elevation and then um i lost 15 pounds somewhere 13 to 15 pounds um just you know just it was it was grueling but at the same time your mind is a powerful thing and if you keep that in mind and, and my wife was a huge supporter um we have these little inreach delorme that we can text on so i got to have contact with my wife pretty much every day and nice. uh which was a life a lifesaver i mean when you're doing something like that you have to have that as far as i'm concerned and um she possibly was just... a marriage saver too <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, when I got into Montana, which was my last leg of it, I mean, it was, it was, um, a foot and, you know, just about a foot of snow. It was 16 degrees. It never rose above 24 degrees for six days straight. It was, I will say it was miserable. It was a miserable, miserable time. And it was like, I've done it this long. I, I just, you know, there's parts of you like, I just want to go home. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. But and missing, you know, the family and everything. But I mean, my wife was a giant supporter for me. Her big thing, you know, when I would text her and stuff is you only got just a you know, couple weeks left. Stay, hang it out, hang it out. So it was just like it was a it was awesome to have that support from from my family and then um then to do the whole thing was just it was it was pretty amazing to to do it and in the end look back at it and say, Wow, you know, we didn't we didn't do it last year. The two point we uh we split up and so we didn't have to go quite as long we, we were smarter we worked smarter not harder <laughs> there, you go. Yeah. there you go yeah well well and what i think is interesting is that <clears throat> as viewers they sit there and go man you got to hunt 53 days out of the year now you got the 300 and some odd days left to do nothing <laughs> and people just don't understand that there's some back office stuff so for 53 days in the woods there's 400 days of editing i mean the business trying to figure out what you're going to do next year, doing your communication with all your vendors and sponsors. And I mean, do you, I mean, you had, you, you work long days, don't you? It, we didn't know the animal that we really built. We had this vision. We wanted to do, uh, you know, five States, 50 days of hunting. And, um, that was our vision. And then 
execution was a whole different story. So we get back and we filled hard drives full. We had like, uh, I think four or five terabytes full of footage. And when we got back from that and then it's like, Oh my goodness. Okay. Now we have to do, you know, we did what the hunting side of it. Now we have to do what we said we're going to do. And that's put a video out every single day for 53 days straight. And it's like, that is a whole different deal. And and we started, so we came back the September, or no, October, that one I, I went into Montana, October, like the 15th, the 13th or 15th is when we came back. And we were launching it November 1st. That's when we were launching the whole project and had to have the, the you know, the, and so that first week we, you know, spent with family and stuff, but then it's, it's full time. It was five in the morning till 11 at night, a lot of days. And cause you got to edit all those films and then shoot the uncuts. We did uncuts for that. <clears throat> so we did those live every single day. So it would never, you'd never stop either. And, and you never got a weekend. You never got nothing like that so we were clear in through christmas is when we finally ended the series and so that's what a lot of people i don't think you know i get a lot of that wow you just get to hunt and fish for a living you know and and yeah i do i'm super blessed that i do get to do those things but at the same time it's like man there is a lot more that goes into it than just going out and and piling around with your buddies and trying to shoot elk you know so well and and to do all that and into that time frame i mean i'd have to imagine you have to have you want to put out the best material you can but you also there also has to be a a a done is better than perfect mentality as well i mean how do you how do you rectify those two situations yeah that's a great question actually because all these all these personalities that we have go into this, right? All these different personalities. And, and I may be the one where it's just like, just throw it in there and throw it up. And and um, and Cody, he's a little bit more meticulous on, no, that's not good enough. And um, which we work, you know, we work well off of each other that way as far as just trying to, okay, at some point we got to call it good. You know, we've got to call this, hey, that's a video, you know, and, and, and it's a tough one. But, um, but yeah, no, great, great question. As far as that goes, I, I, uh, we have spent so many, so many days going, well, yeah, it's good enough. Just throw it out. And and you're always on a time crunch. Right. And so it's, uh, getting the trailer up, you know, trying to go through all the footage that you've got and get a trailer prepared before you even launch it. And then, you know, Onyx was gracious enough to make us a, a template. So when you come up on, uh, the video at, you know, Onyx maps, put all that together with, uh, um, and we picked music for that. And music is another huge thing. You're going through music all of the time trying to figure out what resonates with people and what really you know that you can you can do a lot with a song on a video and it's just all those things come into perspective well i think yeah, you, you have you, a diverse crowd of oh sorry go ahead no Joe. i was gonna say you're pushing the right buttons with the music you're, you're picking at the beginning of that i'll be honest i'm yeah i get, I get fired up i mean that, that that that's some good stuff i mean or, or do you, is that just um what make what goes into that process I mean, even so, just listening and yeah. So we started out. Uh, we music has been a big thing from us for for since we started. Um, we don't want to just use the stock, you know, whatever they have, you know, that just is recommended. We try to go above and beyond and search out music. Um, that being said, some of it, you know, you can't monetize. So like the the anime song from from the uh, from the first from land of the free 1.0 uh 
um awesome song great great song anyway we couldn't we could not she said that she was going to give us the rights to the song and everything was great and then anyway i don't know if she found out we were hunters later on or something like that (laughs) and then dropped that so yeah so i mean that does have a little bit of a thing you know we didn't we didn't make a dime off the whole land of the free 1.0 and it's i don't know how many million views it's got but uh all because you're committed to that song you said we're that's the one we're using Yes, it can change. I uh, honestly, we believe music can honestly do a wonders for for a, for a song or for I mean, for a video, or in this case, a whole series. You know, mm. so right, and because you're trying to attack it to a whole a, a broad um, crowd, right? You're trying to make everybody. So this guy might like country. This person might like the heavy stuff. This person. So you got to get something that kind of hits all those realms. And, I think and I, you nailed it. I mean, I'd, I'll be upstairs working out, and all of a sudden my son comes up running up the stairs yelling and screaming the song, just singing it <laughs> at the top of his lungs. He's like, I was asleep, but I heard the land of the free on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and I, and I think music actually, you know, it, it – it, there's a certain place on every single person that a certain song or, or, or different tones, I think, you know, really resonate in. And I think that's what we've tried to do every single year with our, with our music. And, and, um, sometimes, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but finding music. I mean, we used to go to bars and stuff like these. Um, we've got a bunch of different tracks on some of our stuff just, and guys that were just playing in bars or bands that were playing in bars that were just trying to get known and you go through their stuff. And a lot of that stuff really, really resonates in, in a, in a, in an outdoor video, you know, it does really, really good, whether it be, you know, rough guitar or, or whatever. And, and, uh, we've found music that way. I mean, we've found music so many different ways. It's just, um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty neat the way, you know, society works and the way you can do things tons of different ways. You don't have to be just online to go find some awesome stuff, you know? So right. uh, a tough question, and I, I don't want specific dollars and cents, but maybe, sure. maybe sure. A yes or no, but you, you didn't get to monetize the, the, uh, the land of the free videos, but have you gone back and kind of done the math on the views? <laughs> if you, if you had, been used uh, uh stock music have you done that yeah yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. no i you know youtube is so tough and this is the yeah. thing that we're always trying to figure out is what does what is a view worth you know yeah. and because right. sometimes it's worth so much and sometimes it's not worth squat and it's like i have you know we have no idea we we i mean we we honestly look into that more than you would think or maybe not as much as you would think actually because it's probably you know pretty relevant but we don't it has to do with if someone watches, you know, if the viewer watches the ad before, and mm. I think you get you get paid more. If you know, how many seconds into the ad they watch, how fast did mm. they click off of that, how fast, how long did they watch the video, how what's their view duration, what's their, you know, there's so many different elements that go into that. We've we honestly we have tried to figure out wow how much did we lose out on uh, for doing that, but uh, but we have we we can't really come up with a solid number at all. Well, and it seems like too hard of an equation to even work through. And I guess as, as kind of hearing your story, it almost seems like the advice for anyone even considering going through this process would, would, would you almost in the beginning have to focus first on making what you think is your most genuine and interesting project and then working backwards to figure out how to then best utilize the platforms? 
because you go crazy trying to tinker with making this video that because the platform even changes itself. Oh, man. It's it's changing so much, and that's the whole thing with like social media these days. I mean, something's up there for 24 hours, and it's forgot about. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? After that, it's it's amazing how fast people consume media these days. It's not, and how fast it's changed since even just when you and I were kids. You know, I mean, it's just there there was nothing like this around. There was nothing. I mean, by the time they're swiping through their feed, you know, they see whoever born and raised go by or hush and go by and they'll see it just for a second and then boom they're moving on to the next thing and whereas back in our day you know you had to wait every single year for the <laughs> primos for the primos truth you know truth five to come out on you know on standard cassette and you were just jacked and waiting for that thing and and now it's just it's 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 such a different time it's exciting it's scary <laughs> it's uh it's a it's a very very different time than, than when we were growing up well what i think is interesting is that you guys will get paid a little bit better if everybody watches the ads at the beginning of your show which is i mean that could be almost a podcast in itself to let the viewers know hey help us out oh yeah. <laughs> watch <laughs> the ads please watch the ads. Yeah, yeah. i mean it, it's only oh, yeah. an extra 20 seconds right Oh yeah, it's funny. I tell you it's what, funny. I I will for now on every video I watch of your guys, I'll watch the whole damn ad because I want you to be <laughs> successful. That's what my grandma. I think I told her that one time, and she goes, "Nope, nope, we never click off the ads." And I'm thinking, Grandma, that's you know, that's that's, that's pretty funny. But uh, but yeah, there is such so many different algorithms that go with it, and I am definitely not the one to talk to about that because I don't know a whole lot about it. But I just I know there's the algorithm of you know the ad thing and then we can place ads actually in the video so like say we place an ad that pops up or something right before we shoot at an elk or something like that and so and people do that a lot we we haven't really yeah. tricked around with that much we're just using mostly youtube for just getting our media out there so it's it's just uh it's one of those things where it's like you can do a lot of things people are solely relying on youtube or we we rely a lot on our our merchandise people um for buying shirts and hats and stuff like that and and because they like to support us that way um you know certain certain companies and and certain people you know just do podcasts you know like gritty bowman and and um he does he does that and that's what he's kind of resonated with and he, he's starting to dabble in youtube a little bit now as well some more but it's just it's weird just to all the different platforms that you can that you can do things on now and um and how many different ways that you can you can um, you can actually make money on? You know, it's just crazy, crazy to me. And I think too, I'll tell you what: you also have to have the idea that you're okay with that because if you want to, if you want to pursue your passion as a as a means of income, there there has to be a point where you're going to sell something or offer something. And and I think that has to be okay for there, there was this guy um there's this guy mark bell he's a he's a big power lifter and um he's got an outfit um where he's developed some products but someone was giving him a hard time about trying to sell a t-shirt um uh, that was it was but he was like well what's the problem you know i have this gym i'm trying to support things this is this is how i'm doing i mean you you have to make that that jump where it's okay i mean everyone who sells something isn't um a used car salesman right and i think some folks are uh, 
a little I'll, myself personally I'm I'm conscious of that and not wanting to to go that route. So even in that regard when if you're going to establish these pillars of a of a business, I mean again this idea of rectifying these situations that that can be contrary to each other. I mean, is do you find that a fine line to walk because you still want it to be about the hunting, right? Not not just about turning a buck. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think as a, we kind of touched on this a little bit little earlier as far as as a society i think we're so entitled you know yeah each one of us are so entitled and we feel anymore that yeah well we'll put out a video this is free content this is this is someone can click on there and they can click off of it as fast as they clicked on it you know and it's just it baffles me sometimes that people they'll sit there and leave a comment like i cannot believe that you did that i can't believe that whatever the big one was change the song i mean we <laughs> changed the song from 1.0 uh land of the free to, to 2.0 just because of monetization a little bit and just you know people were so up in arms about that it's just like you've got a fast forward button and it's free content it's not, <laughs> you're, not <laughs> you're not paying for it it's super i mean it's free just click a button that moves you ahead one minute and away you go you know you stick you your damn fingers to. in your ears during the the, in, the opening monologue yeah it's just it's just we're so entitled to our opinions anymore it's crazy to me and um, and it's just like man I, I just don't understand people there are some people out there that to kind of touch on your question a little bit that are so negative that just yeah they oh it's so sad to see it's just like man you wasted probably almost a minute typing up that that three sentences of just negativity when you didn't have to you did you didn't have to do that you know it's just it's um it's amazing i think these days of of what people and what we what we like and what we feel that we're entitled to for free you know well, well, and I think, Trent, too, kind of going back to um, what Joe was saying about selling shirts in this, you guys are, it's a business now. And the most important thing you can do in a business is diversify. You have to hit all the avenues that you can to make a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there, a little bit of money there so that the pot is bigger. If you were to just throw all your eggs in one basket and then all of a sudden say it's all YouTube and then YouTube crashes, where's your income coming in from? Yes, it, it's coming in from nowhere. So yeah. it's very important that you have, you know, your clothing and your um, all those um, your shirts and all that stuff that you sell. And then you have the YouTube and now you guys got your um, podcast platform. So I think it's important that you diversify and, and it's very smart that you're doing so. Yeah, it's scary. I'll be totally honest, you know, if, if YouTube, cause YouTube is super, they're not super hunter friendly. Let's just say that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, or gun friendly or anything. I mean, you can get demonetized and for anything, honestly, um, as far as outdoor related or skinning an animal or whatever it may be, we get uh, demonetized on a lot of our videos for certain things. But, um, but yeah, so I, I think that's where it's like you got to cover your butt and have different avenues uh, ready for that time. Because uh, I mean, let's just we'll be on. You know, kids got to eat. You know, everybody absolutely we, we have to keep the lights on. And so it's like, uh, man, trying to trying to 
stay a step ahead, I guess, of the next move. If if something were to possibly happen, say YouTube crashes tomorrow, it's like you've got to try to have a plan for that. Absolutely. Well, um, hey, real, real quick, guys, I don't know if we've noticed this, but this is a uh, hunting podcast, and we haven't talked a lot about hunting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so before we let you leave, <laughs> before we let you leave, Trent, um, quick question. So new guys into the game, you know, you got turkey, elk, bear. Jeremy and I are getting ready for bear. The difference between maybe bear hunting and some of the other species as, as we get ready for this August spring bear. Yeah. What's the, what is the difference? Yeah. What would you think? I mean, a new guy getting into this, he wants to uh, go spring bear hunting. He wants to do something different. Like, is there a characteristic about bear hunting? um, That's going to be a little bit different than other species. hundred percent for me, for me, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So the thing about spring bear and we've been spring bear hunting now for the last few weeks, um, off and on, of course, um, and we've been fortunate and blessed enough to harvest, uh, what have we got, three or four bears so far, four, I think, so far. But it's the neat time. The springtime is such a cool, cool time because things are coming out. The birds are starting to sing again, you know, and pretty soon the calves are going to be dropping, the elk elk calves and, uh, and deer fawns and stuff. And the whole thing about, like, our elk season and stuff, it's a grind. It's a go, 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 go. I mean, and the thing about bear season is it's a glassing game for us. It's a spot and stock kind of game. So we sit back. We get on high ridges. We do a lot of glass. We spend a ton of time in the glass and finding these bears. And um, they're relatively easy to spot, actually. You know, a black bear on a green hillside. Most of them right now are feeding in um, in grass. A lot of a lot of grassy, real green stuff. So, so, so yeah, it's a different hunt. Every single hunt, I would say, is a little bit different. Um, and uh, the bear side of things is, to me, is almost like uh what i've done of duck hunting you know duck hunting is super exciting for those you know three shells that you get to shoot but in between (laughs) in between those three shells it's a camaraderie thing it's a brotherhood sisterhood it's it's um it's hiking around with each other and and getting to enjoy each other's company rather than like if you're going to be putting it into an elk category, you know, you're bugling 24-7. You're always on the move. You're moving, you know, daylight till dark just trying to find these things. And and bear hunting is more of a just a – it's just at a time that, that we get out and we enjoy each other's company. And it is followed by, you know, 15 minutes of mass chaos, you know, of shooting, of, of, of you know – getting ranges and doing all that. But, uh, but yeah, this time of year, the springtime is, is very enjoyable for us just to, just to get out, stretch our legs and, um, and get back and, you know, get back in the woods. Nope. And then, uh, do you, do you attack that with, with, uh, traditional gear or do you still go archery, uh, with these bear or are you with rifle and, and firearm? All the ones that we've killed this year were with, uh, with rifles, with rifles. Um, as far as bow, we'll do that. We'll bring we'll bring our bows. Like Cody brought his bow when we did our uh, big trip over in Eastern Oregon this year. But um, but there was just never a spot that it was just like that's a high percentage, you know, chance that he could get in and actually get that bear. And so we ended up using we used uh, firepower. So but um, but yeah, we we do all different kinds. 
but um, primarily this year we've we've been trying to get back into the rifle hunting. We, we grew up, all of us, pretty much, other than I think Cody just grew up bow hunting. He rifle hunted a little bit, but we were rifle hunters before we were bow hunters, and I really enjoy rifle hunting. I really do, and, and um, I kind of want to get back into some of that, not for elk, that's for sure, as far as, in the, you know, it's hard to beat the month of September when they're rutting and screaming, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, you just, it's, it's a magical thing, but... Um, this year I have actually a deer hunt in uh, Montana. Actually, I drew a Montana mule deer tag. Yeah, a mule deer. And believe it or not, I've never really hunted mule deer in my life. You know, so I, I'm super excited about that. Um, and that'll be with the rifle. And um, so, so yeah, we're we're trying to trying to play around with different things. I don't think we want to pigeonhole ourselves and just say nope. It's you know, it's bow hunting or nothing at all. You know, you can't. Yeah, it's just well, not not really what we're in. What how, we're in it for. how do you run that math? Because I th- I think you could make the case that like with the bow in during the elk rut that that's probably the most ethical way to do it because you can get them in so close and you know if you're practiced up. But for for you this this equation between ethics and firepower and and species. I mean. You know, I mean, you you can see that there's a trend for some folks that want to go more traditional, more traditional, and you know, and then that might mean you know you're going to go atlatl and spear, and then I think we would all might say, hey, there's 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 an ethical consideration for the critter there, but then, you know, is it fair chase when you have all this firepower for you personally? Um, as you work that equation, um, what, what do you think the best recipe for like practice firearm and critter is to just decide? Uh, what's the best method to take? Yeah, that's a great question. And everybody's so different on that. Uh, as far as just, yeah, I think have your distances. That's what I tell everybody that's just getting into archery that they say, you know, do you think I'm ready for elk? And I'll ask them, I, I say, well, how far can you shoot a pie plate? You know, and well, I'm out, I'm comfortable out to 40 yards. Okay right there stick to that if you're comfortable out to 40 yards stick to that don't go wow that bull is big though he's 60 yards but he's big you know <laughs> and it's just like yeah. you know and and, it, and there's so many more things that go into it than just shooting a pipe plate in the backyard on a hay bale uh when when an elk when a giant you know six eight hundred pound animal comes in screaming and peeing on himself um it's there's a lot more that goes into it than going you know i could just make this shot every single time so but i I think to to dig deeper a little bit in your question is the times that that we get to the point where where we're saying no you can't do that no that's not ethical is the time that we start really butting heads against each other and and that's a that's the whole thing with if you want to use a, a gun, use a gun, you know, go out and, and find those seasons and do that with a gun. If you want to use a spear, you, you know, there's got to be a season for that. I don't know what it is, I, yeah. but if you do it ethically, if and you your practice, ethic- yeah. yeah, no kidding. Uh, and if you do it ethically and, and legally, then, then more power to you. But as soon as and, and we've seen that, I think, right, you know, people saying you're not a hunter unless you kill them with, you know, a recurve bow and uh, cedar arrows that you made yourself <laughs> off the birch tree in the backyard, you know. Yeah. And it's like, no, it, as soon as we start doing that and start really, really classifying those people of rifle hunters and bow hunters and 
spear hunters or whatever you want to whatever you want to say it's 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 that when we start to separate as outdoorsmen and as sportsmen and and that is just it's just something that i don't want to see people go down that road and don't even get started on that road rather than you know what however you seem fit however you seem ethical to do it that is your choice you know if it's legal obviously and you know and um but but it's it's a tough thing i think we can as as outdoorsmen, we can really you know beat our chest and say, "Well, I killed it with a bow and arrow. What did you kill?" You know, it's sure. just like we're still all in this together, and we all I think need to realize that more and more of of you know to to approach this as together because every single day we're threatened by anti hunters. I mean, and it's just, and it's not going to get any any better for anybody. Yeah, and it, it it it's a huge issue, and it's going to be in a future issue even more and more. I think in the state of Washington, only five percent of the population hunt. Wow, and, that's amazing. and you know, twenty years ago, I think it was like fifteen percent or twenty percent. So we're definitely, and you know, and it's hard for me in the business world when I travel and everything. Luckily, I'm in the oil business, so most guys are, you know, they like to hunt and all that other stuff. But when I was in distribution, it's like I couldn't really bring it up because people were super sensitive about it. But, well, I love bringing it up where I work, and no one wants to talk about it. Even with the kids, you know, I'm talking about turkey hunting. They're like, well, how'd you get it? I was like, well, we called this. We did that. He came in, and, you know, I shot him in the head. Boom. <laughs> and, and, and they're like, they're like, you killed it? I'm like, yeah, I killed it. I killed it, and I'm going to eat it. And you know what? I have its fan. I have its talons. I have it in the freezer, and I'm going to honor the critter every time. And they're like, well, how do you honor something you kill? And I'm like, just like I told you. I mean, I'm going to talk about it. I have pictures of it. I mean, it. it's a really weird scenario to think that, you know, through this taking of a life, you you honor it. But, you know, to me... I'll rectify that by saying I gave it the best death it's ever probably going to get. You know, it's, you know, and then oh, I'll, I'll go graphic the other way. You know, it could have been died, you know, being eaten alive by a coyote or being ripped apart. You know what I mean? So in a way you, you have to play this game of being nice, but I do think that there's an opportunity to, to deliver a real message um, by being a little bit blunt about it, because I think the more blunt and comfortable we can get with the language, I think he can throw it out there and and bring people along the right way. It's just it's a super interesting debate because a lot of those anti hunters are guys who are or gals who are still eating meat. So oh, yeah. even in that regard, I have a hard time with the conversation. So it's 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 interesting, but I, I just think being honest and genuine about what you're doing is probably the best way to go about it. I would totally agree. And I, and another thing to add to that, I think there's been leaps and bounds. I would say just in the last two years um, with this whole quote-unquote meat movement or whatever you want to call it. Um, Stephen Rinella, he does a great job yeah. from Meat Eater um, just showing, the, you know, how he utilizes every piece of the animal and 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 what it means to him. You know, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of things out there, a lot of great things out there now that are bringing awareness, I think, to, wow, you know, you kill your own meat, you process your own meat or however you have that process done, and but you're eating what you harvest. And, and I, I think there is some really positive things in that aspect going on right now as well. Yeah, I would agree. Well, yeah, ask Jer- Jeremy, how about that turkey and liver, uh, that, that, that heart and uh, that tur- turkey liver? That's, you know, I never thought about eating the heart or the liver, and then Joe says we got to eat the heart and liver, and I'm like, oh man! <laughs> and so he fries that thing up, and Trent, 
It was the best heart and liver I have ever, ever had. I'm not no joking. Kidding. It was no good. Kidding. I've never even heard of a, eating a turkey. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Come I've on. Never, yeah. So look, here's talk about traditions. There it is. Next time you go turkey hunting, you got to, you, you know, pull that stuff right out there in the woods. And what we, all we did was we fried it and uh, fried it in bacon grease butter um, and then uh, threw some onions in there. And it's just a quick fry, about three minutes in the pan. I just cut it up in little bits and... Uh, I mean, it was clean. It was it was tender, um, and it had a it had a great little taste to it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, it, I think it tasted better than the breast. <laughs> to be no honest, kidding, that's because awesome. those turkeys are pretty <laughs> gamey tasting. Well, sweet. Yo, are they? Well, actually, this wasn't. I thought it was super clean, but um, that's it's up for you guys to figure out. Um, get out there, <laughs> eat, eat your heart and liver. Um, in fact, when I brought uh, Jeremy's deer liver home. Um, his, the blacktail liver, my girls, they loved it. It was a, it was a clean taste, and I think uh, I'm, I'm actually really surprised at the, the lack of game I've gotten so far out of um, the, the, uh, the wild critter offal that I've been blessed to be able to, uh, to uh, carve up. But um, hey, Trent, I got one more hunting question. It's a, and it's a big one yeah. for me because uh, this is a question I got to ask you. So you do hunt in a lot of parties, and you hunt with a lot of groups, and and you know, being a football player, team mentality matters, and and um, I gotta ask you, man. Ethics in terms of just not hunting just for yourself. You're hunting with a team, and and you're doing some things. Does the shooter have responsibility in in, <laughs> in taking shots? Because like, I'm not. I don't want to throw anyone under a bus or do anything. But one of your land of the free episodes, you know, it seemed like you, you called in a good critter, and, and you seemed a little bit surprised that that a shot wasn't taken. Um, and, and 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 I just think that that's an interesting topic, and and something that is we're getting ready for our elk camp. I, I'd really just like your your opinion on that. Yeah, absolutely. So our whole our mentality of it is is a team is a team that we 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 would not be honestly where we're at right now at all no ifs ands or buts if we did not work together as a team as one solid you know just like your football team anything like that um it's, as far as the shooter goes the shooter so it's just kind of like untold i guess a little bit the shooter makes the call of everything the mm. shooter makes the call of where we go that day so we'll pick a shooter for that day or we'll chase bugle for bugle and change off shooters. But the shooter makes a call. If he wants to go in Hell's Canyon and, and you know, clear down in the bottom, that's where we're going. And um, and so to to um, to give up your um, how do I say this? To be selfless has always always paid off for us in the long run. Mm. Always, and it, it seems like that in more aspects than just the hunting. Uh, as well and as in business and and in everything that we've done but the shooter always makes the call so and there has definitely been times and i can't i think i know which time you're thinking of it's just like why did you do that or why did you not do that and uh, yeah uh, but at the end of the day it's like you have to swallow it and go okay uh, we're moving on and and, and go by it it was his choice, his choice. And, but that's the way that we put it. And, and honestly, it's, it's paid off so many times for us. If you bugle or call for a guy all year, or you're the filmer pretty much all season. A lot of us, you know, when we're hunting in a group, like we do a lot of times through the whole season, you can only hunt about five days of that season. The whole season is the only time that you get with your bow in your hand. So mm. there's a lot of things that go through your head 
when you know you only have five days to do it and all these guys are pushing for you and all these guys are pulling for you um that definitely helps you know on the back end but um it's it's nerve-wracking it it really is and and when you and when you make that choice to shoot that shot or not shoot that shot you got to live with that for the next 365 days or yeah or five ten years i mean or a lifetime as it would yeah yeah no but i mean to to, to hold that bow in your hand again you know what i mean so it's like it's a it is definitely and we've i won't you know we've had shots where the shot didn't go right we lost an animal i've been there myself personally and it's if you do it long enough it it's i'm not saying it's going to happen because everybody said oh it's going to happen no not to everybody i don't think it does but it has to me and it has to everybody in our group to be honest with you and and it's how the how you guys you know how you approach it after that and um it's it's not ragging on the person that's the last thing they want to hear obviously you know it's everybody lifting them back up and saying hey man get up back on that horse um and you know and get your head up and um and move forward you know so it's it's a big big team team effort that we do uh through born and raised it's it's all about a team without without that we would not we wouldn't even close to be where we are so there was a well, here, sorry jeremy go ahead I was going to say there was a super um on the back on the back side of that there even Jason Phelps you know we've had him on the show recently and um we watched him go through that scenario he thought he made a good Mm -hmm. shot and it it happened on your show right so um you know that remorse of of you know not executing the shot and even when you think it it went well I mean that that's something that's one part of this hunting game that that I've not yet experienced and I think that that might be the that might that, that might be an interesting thing to actually go through and uh Jeremy your thoughts on that buddy I know you were going to you were going to pipe in Well yeah I mean just one thing we always teach on our podcast here is just you know you take the opportunity when it arises if if the good lord puts the animal in front of you you take it I mean if it's a cow a bull or whatever your um the regulations say that you can get I mean every year I say I'm holding out for the big one and I always end up shooting a cow. I mean, I've I've only got yeah. three bulls in my life and probably nine cows. That's just because awesome. that's what pops up in front of me, and then I'm like, Here, here's my opportunity, and then and then go in after it, and and to go on the when you when you shoot something and you hit it, and then you spend those hours looking for it and you can't find it, and then the next season you make a shot, and then that's when it also gets to you because then you're like, I know I made a good shot, and then you're going through all these emotions. Now I have to track it, and I mean, and then it gets to this mental game, and it's a, then it's a whole different deal. And I still battle with that, and I've you know I've wounded an animal, and every time I shoot one now, I'm like, oh gosh, I hope I can find it. I'm, you know, you kind of go yeah. through this yeah. crazy emotions that's kind of unexplainable. In bow hunting, there is so many variables. Hmm. There, I mean, there there is so many variables, and 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 that's what I mean. Uh, we talked to ethics that you know if you have to try to control them all. You have to try to control the wind, try to control those branches that are in in front of them. Should I shoot? Should I not? Can I get through there? Can I, you know, sneak an arrow? Whatever. It's 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 these decisions that are made in that split second that are going to make or break. You know, you looking or you celebrating. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I, I've had, I've been super blessed to have, you know, mentors like Corey Jacobson and, and these guys that have all been there for years and years and years, harvested so many animals and, and, um, and 
he's the one that picked me up because I, I shoulder bladed that bull in Wyoming two years yeah. ago. And he, I, I said, what do I do, man? And he says, you get up and you keep going. He says, what else are you going to do? Are you going to quit? And I thought, huh. And cause I was just bummed. I was down and out. I was just in a bad place. And he was just like, you know, talk to me about his experiences. You know, he's killed, I don't know how many bulls, you know, and, I mean, the guy's, you know, he's been there, seen it and done it all. And um, anyway, it, it was it was a real eye opening. He's, you know, you, you've got a couple choices at that point to make. And the choice that and, and, and we talked about this earlier to each his own. Everybody chooses their own weapon and everybody. There's a lot of people saying I would have punched my tag. You wounded a bolt. You wounded an animal. And and in my vision, in my view, it didn't do me any good to sit there and just relish about it for the you know and it didn't you know do it justice as far as just to quit i I just couldn't just see going well i had my opportunity but at at the end of the day that didn't make me learn anything if i would have quit if i would have just said uh, i'm just gonna hang it up i'm done you know it it would i would not have learned anything and not i'm not talking about just bow hunting but anything within myself as well you know so Mm -hmm. it's it's to each his own. Everybody makes their own decision on that. I mean, if I would have gut shot the animal, maybe it would have been different. Um, I don't know. But I, I am in the believer of do what you need to do. Do whatever, you know, what, what, what resonates in you. And each every person's different. And I'm not to judge anybody on that on that aspect. And um but man, it is a tough. That is a, that is a that's a whole podcast in itself. There it <laughs> is. Well, uh, w- with that in mind, um, you know we've we've had a great we've had a great hour and fifteen minutes, Trent. Um, it's 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 been a it's been a cool chat. We've we've talked as as we kind of what do we call this thing, Jeremy? This after action review. We had we, we want to yep. just review, put a bow on the show for folks. Uh, just going through some notes, man. We we've covered uh, bringing kids into the we've bringing kids into the fold. Uh, running a, a media business, a hunting media business a little bit and trying to navigate those waters and, and giving you some tips on how to do that a little bit, and even just getting started. And then lastly, a couple a couple general hunting guidelines in terms of ethics and, and the difference in bear hunting and, and some of the other things. But um, as, as we tie this up, Trent, um, the last thing folks need to know how to do is, is reach out to you if, if they really, something resonated and they have further questions. Is there is there a best way for folks to, to, to touch base with you? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, info at bornandraisedoutdoors.com, and and I actually answer most all the emails. I'll read through all, pretty much all of them. Um, They're at Land of the Free when we were doing Land of the Free, and in in the height of it, we were getting like 130 emails a day. So, yeah, you can it it does get crazy, but um, at the same time, I try to personally go through and 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 talk about those. A lot of people have questions. A lot of people have, you know concerns about hunting and what you know it's a ton of people that i that i talk to as far as um new hunters you know they're back east they don't know you know what should i do what do i need to come out west it's a scary thing i mean it's for us and and you guys too you know it's like oh yeah we're just going hunting you know but for someone from arkansas 
to come to Colorado at 10,000 feet and bail off to go try to chase <laughs> a giant elk. Head up They're a trail like, they've never been on before. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, it, it is very, very it's scary. It's scary, honestly. And so anyway, so I try, you know, to break down those walls of, hey, you can do it. Everybody do it at their own pace, you know. And so, but yeah, that, you can get a hold of me that way. Um or just, you know, watching our stuff, just Born and Raised Outdoors um, on YouTube and, and bornandraisedoutdoors.com is our, is our website um, where we have T-shirts and hats and, and you name it, uh, bugles. Uh, that's, you know, mainly what we do as far as the elk, elk, scene, elk scenario. So, yeah, we got all that stuff there. Cool. Very nice. Well, guys, well, uh, I have a quote that I'd like to end with. Do it, brother. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of wraps up our podcast. <laughs> it's got to be a good a one because this podcast was great. So make it a it good is. one. Okay. Every great warrior must learn to endure and overcome the advis. The, uh, <laughs> I can't you even can read, read it. my own you can stuff. Do it. <laughs> Just read. Of life. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No, yeah, uh, that's awesome. No, nah, super. <laughs> well, uh, that that was an inspiring quote from Jeremy Day. Uh, the the, I gotcha. the yeah the fired up <laughs> the, the the fired up content uh, by Trent Fisher of Born and Raised. And um, I'm Joe Shimonic, guys. This was the uh, Backcountry and Barbells podcast. Hopefully, we've given you something to help you uh, train, hunt, and live. And until the next one, uh, Jeremy, how do you end this show? God bless what? God bless America. Oh, there it is. I love it. If there's anything better, get it, guys. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Great chat with Trent Fisher. Hopefully, we have him back on soon, guys. If you like the show, head on over to backcountryandbarbells.com and please leave a review so other folks can uh, find it, too. Uh, check out prlifting.com, quality fitness gear, especially for those in the Pacific Northwest. And then sendavet.org, guys. Check those guys out. Click that green Ways to Donate button. Let them know we sent you. And do what you can to support those around you who are struggling with whatever they have. Uh, particularly for the Sendavet group, it's, it's our nation's combat warriors and how they can get them on other adventures to get their mind right guys appreciate helping you train hunt and live have a good one